Welcome to What Has My Attention, and this is John Beethan. And today I had the pleasure of bringing back Karen Berzanski to talk about a whole body approach to money mindset. As usual with Karen, we had a lot of fun and she gave me some things to think about and also to work on, which she'll also do for you. And if after listening to this episode and you want to bust through your money blocks, she has a money mindset pilot course coming up on February 21st 2022. So if you're lucky enough to hear this before that date and to find out more, run over to theluckysoul.com forward slash money pilot. And of course, the show notes have all the links to things mentioned in this episode today. And Karen, yes, struggling is a word. The state of being both hideously unattractive and socially awkward. One who is struggling would have to seriously struggle to fit into a normal social situation. So here are a few appetizers before we get into the full meal with Karen Brzezanski. I've really been thinking a lot about women making more money and what that looks like and why we're so afraid of it and why we put limits on ourselves. As I've been working with clients, I'm just seeing, you know, it's never about the money. It's just so interesting to me that money stuff is never about the money. It's always about am I going to be a good daughter? Am I a a loyal family member? I don't want to dishonor or disrespect how I was raised. I don't want people to think XYZ thing about me. Uh and in order to, you know, maintain their judgment of me in a positive light i have to behave in xyz way which in turn then keeps them from making money so it's like it's never about the money it's always about something deeper than the money that's it that's all it ever comes down to is am i safe and who will i be moving forward like when we are moving forward in our lives trying to do something new trying to make more money It's always about am I safe doing this? Is it safe for me to move forward? Is it safe for me physically, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically? And who will I be moving forward? It's an identity issue. Who do I have to be now if I want to double my income, if I want to start the business or move my business in this direction or start speaking in this kind of way to these kind of people? Who do I have to become? and that can scare the crap out of people um because it's like who if i have to become someone new then what's going to happen to my old relationships or my current relationships how will my friends and family react to me starting to behave in a new way getting these new results and if my results start to far exceed the expectations that not only I have for myself but that I think that you have for me then oh my god that scares the bejesus out of me and then boom we sabotage women are going to show up differently to their relationship with money than men are if you are someone who is a non-white person you're you are going to have a different relationship to money than someone who is white if you are disabled you are going to have a different relationship to money than someone who is able-bodied If you are LGBTQ, you are going to have a different relationship to money than someone who is 
who is straight. Traditional money advice does not address these things. So again, when we say like lean in and raise your hand at the table and speak up, yes, there's truth to that or there's some validity to that. But what they're not seeing is that when the woman gets in the room or the LGBTQ person gets in the room, everyone at the table is still under the spell of the patriarchy. So they think just because that person is in the room, like the problem is solved. What they don't see is the fact that that person is now scared shitless in the room because they know everyone else and themselves are still under the spell of the patriarchy. And there's still that mindset that is underneath the conversation that is being had. And even when that person raises their hand, it's terrifying for them to actually say what they're gonna say. And they know that they could be ignored, they could be spoken over, they could be mansplained to, or it's just, it's almost like they're not there or they don't even get a seat at the table. They have to sit like kind of in the corner, but they're in the room, right? So it's progress. (laughs) I have a money mindset pilot course coming up. If anyone is interested, uh, it's, it's, so it starts on February 21st and you can find out what's inside and learn more at theluckysoul.com slash money pilot. And it's on, you'll find it at theluckysoul.com as well in the upper right-hand corner right now. The pilot, it's a deeply discounted version of this course. So you'll get tons of personal attention from me and uh, it'll be a small, intimate group of fellow women and, uh, and friends. Karen Brzezanski, welcome again. I'm so excited to be back. Thanks for having me, John. I know. I, I missed you. I missed I you. I missed you, too. I don't remember the dates, but um, one of my podcasts, Alternative Health Tools, episode 94, Karen Brzezanski, remaining curious about what might be possible, and I'll drop links into the episode notes for that. And then I had you on with Stephanie uh, talking about misogyny. You remember? That, that was, was fun. That was episode four on this channel, What Has My Attention. So, we might get into that again today. A little you know, bit. I am here to <laughs> elevate your voice to be heard. And I promise I won't. I can't promise, but I'll try not to interrupt too much. <laughs> but you and I kind of always have a great conversation. Yeah. And uh, you I gave I said you title it and you said a whole body approach to money mindset. And then before the show, we started talking about the books behind me. Mm-hmm. Brene's book down the middle, Atlas of the Heart. But I don't know if you know this other book called... I can't see them. I can't see what they are. It's called Love is Just Damn Good Business. Oh, you sent that one to me. I have it this on my is, Amazon list now. Yeah. This is the best business book I've ever read, period. Mm-hmm. And it's... That's for those of praise. Yeah. For those of us that kind of lead with service and love. Yeah. You know, I, I've been... Well... Long story short is that years ago when I was studying metaphysics, world religion, and nutrition, I was 32 years old, walked away from a seven-year program, and knew that I came into this life to love and to serve. Mm. And then in business, there's always been kind of this, how do I make this all work? Well, this put it all together. What's your biggest takeaway so far? Have you have you read the whole thing, or are you in the process of reading Twice. So what's your biggest takeaway? Do what you love in the service of people who love what you do. That's it, man. 
You got it. Do that. That's why you're on the show, because I knew you would get it. <laughs> Do what you love and be of service to those who, who get it. Do what you love in the service of people who love what you do. Yeah. Oof. That's a big part in the service of people who love what you do. That, it's so simple. You're trying to convince people of what yeah. you do. That's not a fun place to be, to be in. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, I must say that I uh, hired a coach in December, December, the beginning of, of December. Um, and she's the one that introduced me to this book and Steve Farber, who happens to live locally, and Atomic Habits, which is also on the music stand. Oh, but I've, I've heard high praise for that book as well, but I have not read it. It's a great book. I mean, it's I've got it marked up so much. I got I to gotta get that one. Too many people have, have mentioned it, and I've just okay. come to my awareness too many times for me to keep ignoring. I know. Thanks for the book. Uh, the, this has been the book show review. <laughs> book now that you've got show. your thunders list all filled up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So whole body approach to money mindset. You said you may also want to talk about misogyny. So, well, you know, it's it up, it's up to you. Yeah. So uh, how do you want to, how do you want to start? Let's just imagine that uh, we're starting now, although we already were rolling. Yeah. But so I would ask you, what has your attention? Oh, gosh. Um, so many things have, have my attention right now. Um, but I think I've been I've really been thinking a lot about women making more money and what that mm -hmm. looks like and why we're so afraid of it and why we put limits on ourselves, on ourselves. And as I've been working with clients, I'm just seeing, you know, it's never about the money. It's just so interesting to me that money stuff is never about the money. It's always about, you know, am I going to be a good daughter? Am I a, a loyal family member? I don't want to dishonor or disrespect how I was raised. I don't want people to think X, Y, Z thing about me. Uh, and in order to, you know, maintain their judgment of me in a positive light, I have to behave in X, Y, Z way, which in turn then keeps them from making money. So it's like, it's never about the money. It's always about something deeper than the money. It's always about a program that's running in the back of their mind that says it's not safe to make more money or it's not safe to be all of who you are. It's not safe to be visible. It's not safe to go out into the world and do this thing in this way because they'll think that of you or this will, if you do that, then, you know, everybody's going to think you're a greedy bitch or whatever mm. the thing is for that person. Or they're going to think I'm unethical if I make this amount of money doing that kind of work. So what you're telling me uh, is that they want to be safe. That's it. That's all it ever comes down to is am I safe and who will I be moving forward? Like when we, when we are moving forward in our lives, trying to do something new, trying to make more money, it's always about, am I safe doing this? Is it safe for me to move forward? Is it safe for me physically, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically? And who will I be moving forward? It's an identity issue. Who do I have to be now if I want to double my income, if I want to start the business or move my business in this direction or start speaking in this kind of way to these kind of people? 
who do I have to become? And that can scare the crap out of people um, because it's like, who, if I have to become someone new, then what's going to happen to my old relationships or my current relationships? How will my friends and family react to me starting to behave in a new way, getting these new results? And if my results start to far exceed the expectations that not only I have for myself, but that I think that you have for me, then, oh my God, that scares the bejesus out of me. And then boom, we sabotage. Wow. I can see that. <laughs> so it's time to brave up then, huh? Oof. It is definitely time to be brave. Um, yeah. And, and take a look at what those hidden programs might be that are potentially holding you back from what it is that you really want, whether that's money or relationship or really anything. Because the work that I do, it's great because like I work specifically with money mindset but it's really translatable to any area of your life where you might be stuck. Give me an example. Well, for example, in relationships, if you're trying to get into a, a new relationship, it's the same thing. It's like, well, am I safe to date someone who is kind, who is reliable, who is sexy, who I'm attracted to, who has this kind of life, who treats me in this way that I've never been treated before? And who do I need to be to meet that person <laughs> and keep them in my life. So I don't throw in the monkey wrench that makes this person run away or that makes me run away in the way that perhaps I have done in the past. So it's the same thing. It's like, you know, when you think about everything is energy, if money is just energy, which it is like a relationship is just energy. And it's like, well, how am I showing up in relation to this energy exchange? Am I present? Am I ready Am I willing to take a look at my own stuff and my own fears so that I don't cut and run or so that I don't start a fight or so that I don't spend all the money that I make and then wind up in the red? So it's really an internal game. It's always an internal game. It's always about me as the common denominator. And what am I bringing to the relationship with the person or the relationship with money that might be keeping it at bay or might be making it, you know, kind of wonky and hard to manage? Right. Well, it may be because I'm pretty well balanced in terms of polarity, but uh, I'm kind of getting it, too. I mean, I, I don't think it's uh, just for just women. Oh, really? You mean in terms of money? Of everything you just said. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It's not just a... You know, I think, I think you know, we, we were talking about misogyny a year mm -hmm. ago, but it's like, you know, men, I think, just jump into a default behavior of way of being. Right. But for there are, there are some men, which I welcome onto the show when they uh, hear me say that, um, that are a little more well-balanced and have a little more empathy. Not a little more, a lot yeah. more empathy. Because the issues that you were just talking about, I don't think are limited to just women. Although, yeah. although um, I really deeply appreciate you bringing it up in the specific context of women, because I hear what you're saying, and I think yeah. you're right spot on. Yeah, I think women do face some um, unique challenges as it, as it relates as they relate to to money specifically, mm -hmm. because have it, because money equals power. And traditionally, women have not been allowed to have power. 
uh, especially in generations past. And only now is that tide starting to change. Like some people will say like, oh, like women are equal now. It's like, not exactly. <laughs> it's like, yeah. we're getting there, but we still live in a very patriarchal, very misogynistic society, very sexist society. So, you know, putting ourselves out there can can still um, feel like a, a, a psychological, emotional, spiritual, um, like we're putting ourselves on the line in those way in those ways um, when we're starting to become more powerful or attempt to become more powerful. And, well, it, um, it, cer it certainly has my support, and I'll tell you why. In terms of what has my attention, the people, male or female, that have my attention and that I perceive as having real power are, generally speaking, women. Mm. Because they're, you know, they just seem to be a little more aware and conscious. Yeah, I I completely agree. And I think that, you know, the kinds of, you know, leaders that mm. we see uh, in our society these days, that's not real power. The real power is the grounded uh, place where we are not greedy. We are not, you know, saying one group of people is better than another group of people. We are not withholding resources. We are not hoarding. We are compassionate. We are loving. We are understanding. We are community oriented. We're not trying to put one group above another group. And we're treating each other like we matter. Like and to me, that's meaning. powerful. To me, that's, that's powerful. powerful. And then yeah. it's just a matter of putting a dollar value to it. And that that sounds oversimplified. Yeah. But that's kind of the way I see it. I mean, it, it, in a sense. And it's, hmm. But be, I think because we've been taught, um, yes. shown... That that's not what power is, that it's hard to almost believe that. And then we see like these crazy people in, in leadership roles. Right. And we're like, well, how did they get there? And do I have to do that in order to be a leader? And it's like, no, that's not working. Clearly, that's not working. Things are falling apart. <laughs> yes. yes. And we're glad they are. And that is not going to last. And that is not sustainable. Correct. And, you know, from my point of view, the only thing that you know, that, that I can do is to embody the qualities that I know are truly, you know, are the, the embody the qualities that I know a true leader has to the best of my ability. How would you describe them. those, those qualities? Well, I think just as I, as I just said, you know, in the, in, in terms of the compassion and the empathy and the, you know, even when we're talking in, in monetarily, uh, I think it's, it's, giving your employees or your contractors a fair wage. If you have, if you're a boss, like making sure that, that you are taking into account someone's actual life and not overworking them and like letting them like take their kids to school in the morning, if that's what they need to do, or if they have a disability, making sure they have what they need so that they can work productively and take care of themselves in the process. So I think it's a lot of different things, but, uh, I think a big overarching theme is just empathy and compassion yeah. for other human beings. 
Yeah, you know, there was a time, and it wasn't too long ago, actually, where everything kind of changed in the, really, the, uh, the 80s, 1980s. I don't even know if you were born then, but... But mm, I was. <laughs> people that have had companies treated their employees really well because they clearly understood it was the employees that were helping them create their dreams. Yeah. And in fact, in the 70s, when I was going to Portland State University, I was studying music at the time, I had a part-time job at Tektronics. It was an oscilloscope factory in Beaverton, Oregon. And once a month, you would see the CEO, Howard Vollum, who was in his 70s at the time, walk into your area, walk up to you and introduce himself mm -hmm. and ask, how's it going? You know, just get to know you yeah. and ask if there's anything he could do for you. Yeah. I mean, it was like That's it beautiful. spoke volumes to... Yeah. You know, and what? that alone is going to like make people want to work harder for you. Yes, we did. <laughs> You're more committed because you feel seen and, and you cared for. Like you matter and cared rather for. Rather than just someone who's like a replaceable unit. Yeah. So women in general, uh, you know, in terms of caring for others, I mean, it's a part of who you are. Yeah. And that's. But we also have to be careful about not taking on too much mm -hmm. because women have a tendency to take on a lot and to care for the needs of everyone before they take care of themselves. So there's that, that also, also filters into this conversation and then the invisible workload of women that where they do things and don't get paid for them and don't get acknowledged and wind up working, you know, 30 hours or however many more hours, I'm not sure of the exact st statistic, um, than, than men do. And the fact that there is a, you know, there's a, a significant leisure gap between men and women in terms of how many hours per week men get to relax and how many hours per week women get to relax. No, we need to find those numbers. Yeah. I'm curious. I have them somewhere. I don't have them in front of me though. <laughs> oh, that's all right. You can't have everything in front of you being prepared <laughs> for a podcast, not knowing which way it's going to go. <laughs> Yeah. No, that's really, really well said. So what else? I'm kind of curious about um, whole body approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think traditional money advice speaks to the idea of feel the fear and do it anyway. Show up at the table and use your voice. Lean in. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just about like integrate yourself into the patriarchy, into the boys club. Just show up like you're one of them and then they'll respect you. And that's like that's great to an extent. However, when I say a whole body approach to money mindset, what I'm talking about is a person's life experience, their gender, their sexuality, uh, and all of their money programs that are going to filter in to how they show up in relation to money. So women are going to show up differently to their relationship with money than men are. If you are someone who is a non-white person, you're, you are going to have a different relationship to money than someone who is white. If you are disabled, you are going to have a different relationship to money than someone who is able-bodied. If you are LGBTQ, you are going to have a different relationship to money than someone who is uh, who is straight. And traditional money advice does not address these things. 
So again, when we say like lean in and raise your hand at the table and speak up, yes, there's, there's some, you know, truth to that, or there's some validity to that. But what they're not seeing is that when the woman gets in the room or the LGBTQ person gets in the room, everyone at the table is still under the spell of the patriarchy. So they think just because that person is in the room, like the problem is solved, but they don't, what they don't see is the fact that that person is now scared shitless in the room because they know everyone else and themselves are still under the spell of the patriarchy. And there's still that mindset that is, that is underneath the conversation that is being had. And even when that person raises their hand, it's terrifying for them to actually say what they're going to say. And they know that they could be ignored. They could be spoken over. They could be mansplained to, or, you know, it's just, it's almost like they're not there or they don't even get a seat at the table. They have to sit like kind of in the corner, but they're in the room. Right. So it's progress. <laughs> oh, so, it's not. So I have to point you and our listeners to on uh, what has my attention. Episode 33. It's W I S L 33. How to be a strong female voice in a room of men featuring Jamie Martin. Oh, I love that. Oh, I have to listen to that one. Yeah, it's yeah. it's actually Jamie's great. She's uh works in technology. And if you can imagine mm -hmm. in tech, you know, it's just full yeah. of a bunch Male of guys. Dominated, Male of dominated. Male yeah. dominated. Yeah. But this is why I'm also in favor of I mean, this is part of why I I'll speak for myself. This is part of why I wanted to be an entrepreneur because I know that it is so hard to be in rooms like that and to make change from the inside that I wanted to create something new where I get yeah, to make the rules from, um, and I know who's showing and, up uh, really, really and I I get to make sure that everybody has a voice and everybody's creative anymore. ideas yeah. are seen yeah. and heard it's and everyone is taken care of it's what? rather than fighting Soul against sucking. the system yes. that doesn't already yes. have those kinds of values. But see, it's also true for men. Mm -hmm. So I got to give it up for Elena Armillo, who's really just, I think the world of, and uh, she actually, I'm going to make an announcement on this channel, but uh, she uh, founded um, the C-Suite Collective. Mm. And so she's put together a whole lot of uh, practitioners and coaches. So mm -hmm. we're talking healthcare practitioners and executive coaching uh, type people and all the rest of it, because there's starting to be a real demand in the C-Suite for these executive women mm -hmm. and some men Mm -hmm. to be able to pull themselves out of that structure and to create their real, authentic, strong, powerful person. Ooh, you know? I love that. Yeah. So you can, uh, and she has a podcast, Elena Armillo, mm -hmm. um, podcast.com, but uh, the C-Suite Collective, I'll be making an announcement here because I really want to promote it. Yeah. Sounds, sounds good, doesn't it? Sounds amazing. Yeah. 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 Getting yeah. more people out into the world, doing what they're here to do in a way that they want to do it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, you know, from what I've heard, that's why a lot of people are resigning and starting yes. businesses. Yep. The great resignation. You know, they everybody is, is seeing the, the error of the corporate way and they're gathering their courage to try something different. I mean, we only have one life, right? This is it. We're in it. We're doing it. Yep. And do I want to spend the rest of my life working for someone who doesn't treat me like a human being or doesn't offer me the things that I need to create a sustainable life in the way that I really want? 
you know, one of the, um, the top five regrets of the dying, I, I haven't actually read the book, but the, the, the number one regret, do you know what it is? Mm-mm. I wish I had lived life according to my own rules rather than the rules that other people set for me. And I think uh, about that all the time, all the time. Karen, it sounds like a book title for you to write. <laughs> What's the title? <laughs> what did I say? I wish I would have lived my life by my own rules. Ah, dot com. It's a little long, but yeah, I know you can. But I like the gist of it. No, but I get I I I sense this in you because yeah, we don't need to talk about your history. Well, I but, think. When you connect with why you're doing something like that's a big reason for me. Like when I bump bump against my own fears and sabotage and whatnot, I think about the end of my life and what what would, you know, deathbed Karen have to say about this moment? Would she say like, oh, just like let it all go, go back and get a corporate job. Or would she say like, figure this shit out, honey, like you've got it inside of you to keep going. Yeah. You have well, resources that you know, and you are on the right path doing the right thing. That little book, The Atomic Habits. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm using it. It's just a gem. And I'm using it to to create some new habits that, um, that I really want to cultivate. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, I was a pianist. I played in, you know, a lot of music. I have a piano, but I haven't played it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's, I realized that it's been missing and a really important part of who I am in terms of integration, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. So one of the approaches in the book um, is you can actually start a habit by doing it two minutes a day. Absolutely. It seems you know? ridiculous, but it's absolutely true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like a two minute a day. And of course, it's always longer than two minutes. And I don't fit it into my, you know, business uh, schedule you know, it's always after hours and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I integrate my ukulele. Ukulele. I forgot you played one. Yeah, it's not because I sit down and have an hour every day to practice. It's because I take consistent breaks throughout my day and my ukulele is always right next to me. And so I just pick it up and play the latest song that I'm learning just to keep my fingers in practice. And so I remember the songs and because it brings me joy. It brings me so much joy. And like you said, like that integration, I don't ever want to lose that. I don't want ever want to lose that, that creative side of me, that different, you know, I think everything is creative, but like that traditionally creative side of me that, that just lights me up and brings me so much joy. And I think that creating a life that allows you to do those things is immensely important. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you know this, but it was George Harrison's favorite instrument. Oh, really? Yes, I have. I have. I have a ukulele, and I ukulele, and I have his uh, one of his books. Amazing! Yeah, yeah. I learned from uh, Jake Shimabukuro. Do you know Jake Shimabukuro? Amazing! Oh my God! I saw him in person before COVID um, in Santa Monica. He was. He just blew my mind. Yep. Um, for for anybody listening who. Uh, doesn't know who Jake Shimabukuro is, just Google when my guitar gently weeps ukulele. Oh my gosh. But he yes. he taught me how to say ukulele. It's not ukulele. Like it's that's ukulele. the American way to say it, but it's ukulele. Now, Karen, do you, no, did he ukulele. personally teach you how to say it? Or you no, just say it? No, he did not personally teach me it. Oh, you I, didn't have to cop to that. You, you could just lie. <laughs> no, I just heard him say it on YouTube. Yeah. He says it so, on that masterclass. So I think you're bringing up a very important part in terms of empowering women and people in general 
which is, you know, I lived most of my adult life in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And it's mm-hmm. like uh, Santa Fe up Canyon Road is one of the top five art um, centers, whatever, in the world. People from all over the world come to Santa Fe to see the art and the Giorgio O'Keefe mm-hmm. Museum and stuff. But November 1st and 2nd, Day of the Dead, it's a, it's a Hispanic traditional Catholic culture there. So as a white man, I was a um, um, minority. Mm-hmm. But on November 1st, 2nd, the people that lived there for like hundreds of years would open their houses up. So people would come in and have apple cider and they could see all these art projects, this folk art that they had been working on the whole year. It was a part of their life. Mm or it is a part of their life. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that's really missing from our culture. Oh, God, me too. And Brene Brown talks a lot about that. I don't, what does she say about it? In terms of hobbies and play and having things to create Mm -hmm. and how important that is in terms of innovation and creativity and just living, you know, a joyful, meaningful life. Mm. She she talked about the people who were who she found were the most happy and the most like in, well integrated and mentally well mentally sane, and she found that like maybe they had a corporate job like maybe they had a regular job or maybe they were an entrepreneur but whatever it was that they were doing they always had something in their lives whether they were like you know crafting clay and selling you know art on Etsy or sewing things, sewing scarves in their garage at night. And they made time for these things that they really enjoyed, but maybe like wasn't necessarily a, a career per se, but that fueled their soul on a level that they needed to have in their life to feel mm-hmm. complete. And whole. And whole. So it's like the title, a whole body approach. Yeah. Because when you're designing your money future, whatever that means to you, and you know that could mean like I want to be a multimillionaire and own seven companies, or like you know I want I love the job that I have now, and like I'd like a raise, or I just want more free time to spend with my family or traveling or whatever that is. Like you get to decide what that means to you. Um, I think that's really important in terms of defining success on your own terms. Mm-hmm. All right, I totally I, agree. Yeah. But I mean, for me, like I love coaching and like, I'm also an artist and an actor and an ukule- ukulele player. And if I'm not integrating all of those things into my life, then I don't have a quote unquote rich life. I have, I have a hard struggly life. <laughs> Cause I'm probably struggly. Is that a word? Struggly. I'm pretty sure that's a word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hard, that's great. That's life. great. But yeah, the thing great. is like when you start to bring in, like this is such a big part of money mindset. When you start to bring in those things that bring you joy, like you're associating, you know, having, you're associating life with joy. Whereas like if you're working all the time, if you're not giving yourself time, if you're not giving yourself space for creative endeavors that you know you really want to do, if you're not taking care of yourself in a way that makes your body feel good and makes your spirit feel good, you're going to walk through the world feeling like it's a cold, hard world out there. And you're going to have a lack or scarcity mentality because you're withholding from yourself. 
So it all starts inside. It starts with you. Let it begin with me, as they say in 12-step programs, right? So how can I then start to gift myself and, and give to myself in terms of time, in terms of creativity, in terms of energy, in terms of taking care of my physical body? And because when you do that, you start to feel filled up. You're filling up your well. You're filling up your physical well, your spiritual well, your creative well. So when you walk through the world, you're now in an abundance mindset where you're like, oh, my gosh, I feel great. The world is kind. The world is warm. The world is abundant. This is wonderful. And when you're in that state, like the possibilities and opportunities that open up to you are just unimaginable. Like you don't even know, like the the serendip serendipitous things that happen when you're in that state are much more likely to keep happening because you're so open. And flowing. And flowing. Exactly. You're just in the flow. Yeah. In life. Yeah. Yeah. And life. it starts in small ways. It doesn't have to be like, well, I need to like get myself, you know, a massage and a facial and then, you know skip all my work today and <laughs> book a trip to so, France. So you're saying you want to do, but so you're you know. saying retail therapy is not required. It's not, but you know, look, if you're, if you, this is another money mindset thing. Like if you have a, a closet full of clothes that are falling apart or that are from, you know, 1995 that, you know, don't fit your current who you don't fit, who you feel like you want to be or are becoming, then it's time to look in your closet and start to get rid of stuff. You have to make sure that nothing in your closet is broken or has holes in it because that's sending a message to the universe that like, eh, I'm not really worth new things. I'm not really worth, you know, having nice things. And if you can't even allow yourself to have a nice top or a nice pair of shoes, like how are you going to start accepting a $10,000 bonus or a $10,000 client or a six figure year? You're not, or like an incredible opportunity with Oprah. You're not, you're not going to let that in because you can't even accept a lovely top in your wardrobe. Like it's, yeah, really there's actually no, there's no room to let, there's no room to let it right. in. Right. Right. So I want to bring up something that since I last had you on one of the shows is that I learned that's incredibly valuable because starting Imagine Podcasting, you know, it's been seven days a week for almost two years. And, but, what I realized is that um, I first started exploring and asking the question, how do people learn? Mm. And most people say through experience. But I, what I actually discovered is you actually learn from the contemplation of the experiences you have. Mm. So if you don't have this downtime, if you don't have this creative time, if you don't have the things that you had just mentioned in your life, you're not going to have any kind of room or perspective mm -hmm. to really gain wisdom from the experiences that you had. Mm. Yeah. That's why we need to carve out that time for ourselves, which says to, you know, our, what I call your wise self, you're worth it. You're worth, you know, that time and space and energy to look back on your experience and say, you know, what did I learn from this? How can I grow from this? What can I take from this to move forward in an even more powerful, more exciting way? That's a, that's, that's, that's abundance. If you can give that to yourself, that's a gift. 
you know, and it's these, these little drops of abundance that really help to cultivate a mindset of expansion and growth in our lives, which leads to, if you want it, more money. So you may have already said it, but what do you think stops women or stops people? From making money? From shifting into a mindset. Oh, fear. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's all of the, the hidden programs that we have absorbed for our entire lives that have told us in one form or another that we are not enough, that we are not worth it, that we can't possibly do it, that if we move forward, then this bad thing will happen. We will be rejected. We will be criticized. We will lose love, attention, affection, and appreciation from those we love and from the universe. It's fear. It's fear. And, you know, it could also be just unwillingness. It it just, you know, change starts with just a tiny bit of willingness to just look at what, what are the things that are holding me back from being who I'm here to be and doing what I'm here to do. And what, what are those things? Or even knowing what I'm here to do. What's holding me back from even the knowing? Because there's something from my past, from an event that happened, from something someone said that screwed with my mindset at a younger age, whether that was last year or when I was five years old or when I was a teenager, and it stuck. And that became a belief. And then that belief became a worldview. And that worldview became just something that seems like a fact to me now. So bringing awareness to all of that, that's, that's what's going to make the difference. But that's also really scary. It's hard work. Like it's not like the work is simple, but it's not easy. It's not easy to like look at all these places like where I feel like have, have held me back in some way or have caused me to pick up a belief to make me think that I'm unworthy. Like that's, oh, really? Like, oh, like on an intellectual level, like most women will say like, oh, I feel like, you know, I, I know that I can do anything and this and that. But then it's like when, when the rubber hits the road, it's like, how come we're all, you know, hitting the brakes or trying to, with limiting beliefs, it's a lot of like my, my foot is on the gas and the brakes at the same time. Like we're trying to move forward, but we're just like, (laughs) we've got like that jerky motion where it's like a little bit forward and then back and then forward and then back. And then it's just like, you don't, you feel like you're not getting anywhere. So once we bring awareness to, you know, that fear and those programs and those beliefs, and we, you know, when you work with me, we're going to tap around that. When we tap around it, we can energetically and physiologically let that go. Talk about a little bit about your gift of tapping because I, I had been, this is year or so ago, I had been around people that were tap or, you know, were tapping. But it wasn't until you gave a demonstration, I think on alternative health tools, I think it was, that I went, holy mackerel, uh, she really gets this. She really knows what it is. So let's talk a little bit about that or you talk about it. It's a skill set you have that's really awesome in terms of uh, a tool that's great for transformation and change. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I found it at a 
very challenging juncture in my life after I was hit and run over by a car and moving through PTSD and chronic physical pain. And one thing led to another. And so tapping um, is a combination of ancient Chinese acupressure and modern psychology. So we're using the same points on the body that they use in acupressure and acupuncture, but rather the needles were just using a light tapping sensation on those same points to stimulate the energy in the body in the same way. And what this does on a physiological level is that it sends a calming signal to the amygdala in our brain, which is the fight or flight center. So every time we go out into the world and we experience an event that triggers our amygdala, that makes us think like we're in danger, whether that's physical danger, emotional danger, psychological danger, whether that threat is real or imagined, the amygdala is going to turn on the fight or flight center. And when the fight or flight center turns on, all the stress chemicals are released into our body. The cortisol runs through our veins. And we are put into a state where we lose access to our intuition. We feel like we're in what I call freaked out brain. We are overwhelmed. We're sabotaging. We're late. We're crazy. <laughs> we're doing all of those things. We're procrastinating. Uh, and when we're tapping, it's now scientifically proven that tapping sends a calming signal to the amygdala in the brain that tells it that it's safe to turn off. It's safe to turn off freaked out brain and turn on what I call peace brain and what Harvard cardiologist Herbert Benson calls the relaxation response. So it helps us integrate all of the fear that we're feeling in any given moment. And it also helps us identify how the fear in the present moment may be related to something that happened in the past. And it helps the body actually physically let this fear go. You know how like when you feel something, when you're afraid, you, you feel it in your physical body and you say, oh gosh, I remember feeling this when X, Y, Z thing happened. And you feel it. It's, it's like it, it lives inside of your body. And when we're tapping, it's kind of like opening up the energetic exit ramps on your body so that that energy can finally move and we give it permission to come up because as a society, we're so programmed to push our emotions down and like push through them. And again, this is the result of the patriarchy um, and letting our letting ourselves have our experience of life and have the emotions come up and have the feelings acknowledged. That's very much a, you know, anti-patriarchal behavior. <laughs> um so when we're tapping, we're actually allowing that process to happen. We're giving it permission to come up and out those experiences, those feelings, those emotions, that fear, so it can energetically release from our body. And we can actually be more physically open in our physical body, which leads to clarity of mind, clarity of thinking, deeper connection with our intuition, more creativity, more joy, more happiness, more space more excitement about moving forward and then taking action in the world and not sabotaging because we've acknowledged the fact that there was this thing that I thought was in the way that was scaring me, but it's not even real. And I didn't even realize that until I was doing this weird tapping thing, saying these strange phrases while I'm tapping on my body and it all started to connect and oh my God, I just want to move forward. Let's go. Like this is what happens when I'm working with clients where it's like they they think they have one issue and then all of a sudden they're like, you know, I was working with someone the other day and she's like, it all sounds so silly when I say it out loud. And I was like, yes, that's the point, because that's what's happening in the hidden programming of your brain. Right. Is that it's making these very illogical connections and you're 
you know, you're doing what it's telling you to do, which is sabotage, which is hold yourself back from sending the invoice or talking to the person or starting the podcast, whatever that thing happens to be for you, because it's trying to keep you safe. And it doesn't even make sense that when we're tapping and we're like saying like, oh, I'm doing this because I feel like this is going to happen if I do if I do this and move forward. But when I say it out loud, it's like, that is so silly. That's so dumb. Am I really like, is that the program that I'm, is that the program that I'm under? Is that the spell that I'm under? That's ridiculous. And then they often start to laugh and they're like, oh my God, I didn't even realize like, this is what was holding me back. Like, that's ridiculous. And half of this shit isn't even mine. It's like my mom's or my dad's or like part of my lineage that was passed down to me. And so when we're tapping, it's like it helps us just make those connections and then release that energy and then feel free, feel unshackled and unhooked from the past so that we can move forward. Amazing. That was a mouthful. I hope that made sense. <laughs> it, it did. I, I just I'm looking for words and I have none except to say mm-hmm. I'll have what she's having, <laughs> you know, to steal a line from a really fun movie. That's awesome. And Harry so, Sally, one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah I knew that was, was Rob Reiner's friend. mom who said that that line. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. She was an extra. Oh, oh that's yeah. good. Isn't that Yeah. Sweet? You've, you've uh, bumped around Hollywood a little bit, haven't you? <laughs> I have not met Rob Reiner. Oh, yeah. Well, you still can if you want. But I live in West Hollywood, so you do see celebrities from time to time. <laughs> I have a sense you and I could go on for quite a while, but mm-hmm. I do want to wrap it up. So let me just ask you what you think, given that I'm just going to say we're living in a pandemic. What's uh, just some advice you think people mm-hmm. should take from you and take it freely from Karen. She's uh, about to give it away some gold here. I can tell. <laughs> well, I would say honor the experience that you're having and honor your life experiences because everybody's got different circumstances. And I think when we look around, especially like on the interwebs and on the social media and everything, it, it, it can often be a little overwhelming and there's, there's uh, you know, a little bit of, well, I'm not there or I should be doing this or a lot of that going compare and despair kind of thing going on. I think it's really important to honor where you are in your life with your life circumstances and take the steps that you need to take given your life circumstances and who you are as a human being and the kinds of things that you know that you need in place to function optimally, whether that's, you know, I need to be able to walk around the block every day or I need to talk to my sister every day or, I need a short nap in the middle of the day or I can't, you know, when we look around and we see people kind of like it's us. So it's like the hustle culture. It's kind of detaching from the hustle culture so that you can honor who you are and where you are in your life right now and take baby steps in the direction of where you want to go and who you are becoming. And um, one short tapping trick that that I always offer my clients is just um, tapping on the karate chop point of your hand, which is the fleshy part of the outside of your hand. So when you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed, this is a great practice to bring into your day 
uh, if you just tap on the karate chop point of your hand gently for 20 seconds, once an hour and or when you remember, what that'll do is it sends the calming signal to the amygdala in your brain that it's safe to relax. It's safe to calm down. It's safe to breathe. It's safe to feel grounded in this moment. Um, it's, a, it's a wonderful tool that will, uh, that will help you feel more sane as you move through this challenging time. What a great gift. Thank you. So what's the best way to get in touch with you? You can find me at theluckysoul.com. I am at theluckysoul on Instagram. And you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash theluckysoul. Uh, I have a money mindset pilot course coming up. If anyone is interested, uh, it's it's so it starts on February 21st, and you can find out what's inside and learn more at theluckysoul.com slash money pilot. You'll find it at theluckysoul.com as well in the upper right-hand corner right now. So I can link it in the show notes. Of course. And because it's a pilot, it's a deeply discounted version of this course. So you'll get tons of personal attention from me. And uh, it'll be a small, intimate group of fellow women and, uh, and friends. Oh, that's great, Karen. Good. Well, thank you once again for being here. It was uh, good to reconnect with you on Marie Kravitz, watchusthrive.com. Yes, I, she's wonderful. Yeah, she is. And it's, it's my favorite network. I don't spend a lot of time on Zoom networks. I mean, I only, I consider Mary's uh, Watch Us Thrive to be number one in my book. Yeah. She attracts a lot of great people. That's the truth. That's the truth. (laughs) All right. So just everybody know, um, share this episode, you know, um, if you think somebody might benefit from it. There's such many different ways to do that. In fact, you can get this podcast anywhere you get your audio and uh, you can certainly get a hold of Karen at her website, but also, um, on our website, whathasmyattention.com. You can actually go there, bring up the episode, and share it to people uh, you really care about. So till next time, thank you. Thanks, John. You're welcome. Mm-hmm.